The Upside Podcast, your stream to happiness. to another episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. The tables have turned. <laughs> You've really pranked us there. Uh, Welcome uh, back no. to the Switch On podcast. Welcome, Bubba, back. And Will Massara, my good friend. How are you? Uh, tremendous. Absolute pleasure. Fun to be here. Oh, it's, mate, it's been bloody tricky to get a hold of you. We've been here, there and everywhere, but glad to finally get you in the booth. So yeah, I appreciate your flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, even up to now, what, what, what has your movements been looking like in the last month? Oh, the last month, yeah. just back over east, then back here for a week, six days, first time back home in seven months, which has been <laughs> good, and then off to Tassie tomorrow in Sydney on Friday. Bloody hell, mate. Tuesday. I have a hard time keeping up on all your Instagram stories and that. So do I. And I swipe up and it's like, I like ha, 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 like a lot of chats, just trying to show you that I'm, I'm st- I still exist, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's good. No, it's a really hard mix between like balancing the, the friends and family at home, and then also the... the relationships on the other side of the country as well, like spreading yourself evenly. Yeah. Challenge. Tough gig for a young businessman, eh? Yeah. It's, it's a challenging. Very yeah. hard. So you're a busy man, but we always like to start the potty off with, like, how have you, what have you been up to this morning and how have you, like, switched yourself on? Oh, great question. Wake up, had some, uh, an up and go. Beautiful. Shout out, sponsor. <laughs> yeah, sponsor, sponsor us, two wee weeks. And then had some buffalo pizza. And then came up to Perth and, uh, Perth and had a few meetings, a few meetings that have probably waited seven months too late as well. <laughs> it's been good. Productive day, really. Lovely. All biz. Very nice. Wait. Wait yourself, Bubba. Um, yeah, you did, but you mean, uh, what did I do this morning? Mate, I went for a nice walk um, and did some reading, actually, this morning. What book? Uh, I'm reading Confidence by um, James Smith. Yeah, big oh. fan of, of him and his work, but um, yeah, it's been good so far. Sick. How about you? Well, the last couple of days... I've actually noticed how bloody tired I was from the weekend because we, we had Never Say Neverland on the weekend, children's fundraiser event um, hosted by our good mate Tim Brayshaw. And I remember looking at my at my watch after the event had finished and already done 30,000 steps. So I thought, oh, that's yeah, pretty that's high. And then, um, and then I had a 21st after that. And so I was dancing and carrying on, woke up at 8.30 the next morning, felt fine. Monday, oh boy, different story. <sighs> so I was, just went to the beach this morning, a bit of a recovery swim and... Feeling a bit better now. Might hop in the cryo. Yeah, that's smart. Get in yeah. the cryo. But before we move on, mate, tell us who you are, what you're about, and what you do for a living. Yeah. Uh, hi, my name's Will. Um, <laughs> I have been delivering leadership programs in primary and high schools around Australia for the past five years through Youth Leadership Academy Australia, which is my company. Um, and it started really out of a frustration for not enough young people being equipped with leadership skills or not understanding their ability to make an impact. And it just started as a small event in Perth. We never really wanted to start a business. We just wanted an event in Perth. And as a 15-year-old, I was like, I'll do it. And we had 65 students at that event. And it was a pretty cool event. Um, and then over the next few years, built it up. And now we work with around 750 schools around Australia. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's been pretty insane. And also, really, like, so many lessons, so many learnings about who I am and what I actually want to do and what I'm chasing. Nice. How old are you? Well, I'm 20. Years old. Yeah, so Will and Will and I actually go a little bit back. Not not as uh, like compared to some of our mates in the friend group, but 
um, our parents actually grew up with each other in, in Collie. So we go back to like the, the 60s. 60s. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, and then, yeah, actually, um, then I met you when you were at Mania and I was at Base AC and then had a lot of mutual friends. And even at the time, yeah, I kind of remember you emerging and like being the counter high school guy. Counter high school. But yeah, there was a like a bit of a movement behind that. And like, it's like even um, like hearing your story and hearing you come from the Qantas reviews, I think, is that like the first thing that kind yeah, of got the journey? Yeah, I, I started my first business when I was 11 again out of frustration <laughs> because I'm just a frustrating kind of guy. <laughs> 11 years old, you started your first business. Yeah, but again, it wasn't meant to be a business. Like it was, it was just like some, I complained, so action over inaction always. It was called Planopedia. It was a Wikipedia of planes. <laughs> Came out after my mum was running through an airport stressed and it happened every time. Good old Kaz, Karen, you know how they are. Uh, mothers in airports. Not a good time to be, not a good time. So I was like, okay, let's create less stressful air travel ex- experience through preparation. And it was just a media company, but I always knew my age would hold me back. And it, like in tens of years, it would be big and strong and a uh, really successful company. But it didn't take it didn't take that long. It took that awareness of like understanding age was maybe not really a, as much as a barrier as I originally thought. And in year ten, we actually partnered with Qantas and Singapore Airlines on a number of media events, which was pretty epic. Um, and also really like I was standing there in Adidas shorts and a t-shirt, like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> surrounded by I'll surrounded by like photo. corporate executives <laughs> with my brother. Who, I was like, you're taking me to the airport, mate. <laughs> There's a photo of that. Um, yeah. It looks so funny. I'm just like, yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, like, I'm interested your journey. Like you started obviously year 11, but what, like you, I know you dropped out. So do you want to just run I a... Didn't, s- I didn't drop, drop out. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but do you want to like... I give them, uh, whenever like there's headlines, I'm like, I give the media. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I give the media a fact sheet now. I'm like, I didn't drop out. I failed. So, man, that's big. Like, can you run us through that, like, your high school journey? And yeah. And why you decided to do what you did and why why leadership? You I was, lead. Yeah. When I went into, uh, probably uh, forever, I always thought differently. Like, I'm wired differently. Thought differently to my friends, family, and society. And going through primary school, I always knew that. And then there was a decision between the end of primary school and the start of high school where I had a choice of, like, do I go into high school with this, like, nerdy, dorky business like that's a plane website and i was like yeah let's do it <laughs> um, and you, embra- you just embrace your weird I yeah love and uh, but i didn't really uh, i didn't understand probably the true impact of that at that time but like probably that lesson that i learned there would be like if you control the story you can tr- own your story you control the n- ending um and it took uh, probably a year later i started selling pens for planopedia and sold 200 pens in two weeks for two dollars each but it was like about embracing that like owning your story and at the same time, it was like going to high school. I had, I mean, that going through to the second school I went to in high school between t- year 10 and 11, I went into a leadership business, which still in school right now, there's a big social cost to leadership and stepping into leadership roles. Um, so it was about owning your story. Yeah, I love it. Mm. Um, I mean, apart from like wanting to get you on as, as like a mate, but like, and finding your um, story like truly inspiring and wanting to share it to some other people. When you go, yeah, when I went on the website and just like um, on of YLA and I just seen like um, a lot of the key words that it's similar to what we use for switched on. So like inspiring, strengthening, empowering the future leaders. Um, and that's kind of like the sort of same idea that like, like part of the idea that we have in our journey as well. And so really sharing some of those core imp- 
like pillars that I think is awesome and I just like would love to sort of talk about them because leadership being just a huge facet going forward in the world today um why would you think what like what made you think that leadership is so important to spread well it's pretty interesting because like we brand everything as leadership well really it's like everything that's not talked about in school or like education which was very much my experience in education is like all of these things that are one in life aren't taught in life and from from the business growing being uh, being in that young entrepreneurship space i was like gifted with self self education opportunities personal development from a young age which has then made me aware of like how much is missing however i also knew that entrepreneurship would not be branded or sold to schools because they're interested in the current education system isn't necessarily built for entrepreneurship so we started with entrepreneurship and sort of spread that as like what does what does leadership sorry look like for young people it's like self-leadership it looks like well-being it looks like taking control of your reality and understanding what impact you can make creating change in your community and then it was about inspiring them to actually want to do something giving them the skills which is the strengthening part and then actually empowering them to use them skills because there's no point inspiring someone then they do nothing with it yeah it's so important i've spent five years doing this day and night for nothing to ever come from it's like long long lasting change so how do you so you go to a school right you present how do you like just a one-off presentation like can you run like what happens after that one presentation yeah every program that we do has a three-month post-event program with us on pretty much call that entire time for whatever they need. And part of that was a big commitment. It is a big commitment, but also it was a commitment that we were willing to make because it was like schools invest money, young people invest time and teachers invest trust in us to actually create change. So like part of like a a program will be they actually create initiatives in their school that like focus on areas that they see as problems and then we actually support them to make sure that they implement them over them th- then three months. And that'd be like a good example of like long lasting change. And that's different for each school, right? Yeah. So, so how do you manage that? Cause like this school has to, is, wants different things to this school. You got to implement. So there could be, you're saying you're seeing over 700 schools. Like how do you track it? How do you change it? And how do you make it all individualized? So a lot of our schools come to one big event. Mm-hmm. And then we ha- also have like other school programs. So the big event ones, that's a lot easier to manage because it's like all at once. The other school ones, like even to the point of the program is tailor-made to that exact school. Mm. Why? Because every single school has different dynamics. I know you've probably been to both different schools and you see how different they are. Like the, oh, the, yeah, the, for sure. Yeah, like if we, got a, if we <coughs> took a program off the shelf and tried to give it to a public school or a private school, it would just be like laughed at by one and acknowledged by the other. Yeah. Um, and it was that like sacrifice of time that we're going to make to actually make it happen. Good work today. Like to multiple, like, I guess it's sort of like what we do at school. Yeah. You've got to be so diverse depending yeah. on what class, what situation, what school, what cultures. Oh. And still yeah. like on the day, like the user would both know, like we can't go into a school with everything in that, like expecting to know everything. We don't know what we're going to do post like, until we actually meet the young people. Oh yeah, you well. get a yeah. way better idea once you actually walk yeah. into the classroom. Like that that probably hour before you walk into the classroom, before you see a venue, before you see the space is like the most not the stressfulest, but like once you're in the classroom it's so much more not comfortable either, but like you have a much clearer yeah, vision of what the day is going to look like and how they're going to respond once you start seeing them actually come in. So you say you got the big event. What 
what is it? Describe it. Black. Yeah, the big Black. event. Yeah, like the big event. The conference, like you know, like <laughs> like is there one in each state? Yeah. Is it just the one? Like uh, as, as a twenty-year-old, like how do you organize this stuff, mate? Well, this was like this is our flagship event. That's what we started with in Perth. It was like the secondary youth leadership conference was one of our first events, and we grew that nationally by the second year, very much out of ego. Oh, like admittedly, like that was because like it was like yeah, I'm a young entrepreneur. Cool, now I can travel. <laughs> I like flying. And then it was like we failed. We only sold like thirty percent of seats, and it really took like a shift of like what do we actually focus on? What is the vision? What is the values of the program? What do we want to create? And once we made that shift, we then sold out the year after, in in five cities. Then the year after in eight cities. That was twenty twenty one. COVID. Well, twenty twenty one, twenty COVID. Not very fun, mm. um, for the events industry. At the same time, we also acknowledged and understood that it was then and now that young people will need to come together now more than ever. So we did literally everything to make it happen. We split events in half to have lower capacity. And while many of our, many other people in the industry would completely stop the events, it wasn't really an option for us. Like we'll, we'll make our events smaller and do lots of them, yeah. um, which did hurt financially as well through COVID because we were like flying back and forth. I spent six months watching five news conferences a day. <laughs> I would be like, what's Mark going to say today? What's Anna going to say? Um, and then most recently, starting our primary school conference as well, acknowledging that the bracket of young people needing our support is getting wider and wider and early intervention is better than prevention. 100%. We say that all the time. Mm. I just love, you say failure, but then you went on a tangent about, you know, we learned this, we learned this, we adapted this. What does failure mean to you in business terms? And do you reckon you ever fail or do you reckon if you learn, it's different? I think I've spent a lot of time valuing putting myself's worth on how much, how the business is going. So when the business would fail, I'd be like, that hurts. And it like, and it has hurt in many ways before. And it took her like, it took probably six or so months during like post COVID, like for me to actually leave Perth and like, focus on what, what what fulfillment looks like for me rather than aligning like directly them the same thing and separating my personal worth off the business's worth. However, I also believe that the amount of times that we have failed has also built some of the greatest results that we've seen today with business because every time that we get something wrong, it's like, okay, we find another way. And that's why I think like from th- thinking differently from a young age, I mean, why differently that, that like, that not giving up sort of persistence and, and knowing and understanding that we will find another way. It's like, we'll just try another way. We'll continuously try another way. What's that growth mindset that we talk a lot mm-hmm. about? Hey, yeah, 100%. Yeah, just, yeah, just resi- um, resilience, persistence, wanting to keep on going and learning from your mistakes. Love yeah, it. I'm just not really prepared to like, I've put five years into it now. It's like one, one failure or one massive like stuff up isn't going to stop everything. And, they, and there have been weeks and weeks and weeks where it would be like, okay, like, who wants to buy the business? Take it off my hands. I don't want it no more. Uh, because have, you had, have you had offers? Yeah, there was like post, in the same period of post-COVID, well, it wasn't post-COVID, it was mid-COVID. Um, there was a time where I had three offers in like um, probably two months and people knew that I was like, in a st- the business was in a financial stable sp- state as well. And it took a lot of, took a lot of mentoring and also a lot of looking at m- what I valued in my life and what I wanted because there were also offers where it was like, yes, we'll take the company and you'll get a job. Um, 
which was a really vulnerable experience as well because it was literally a consideration. Um, and there have been times where it's like, that'd be a much easier option. However, now where the business is and where the business is going, I feel really confident with the decision that I made a year or so ago to yeah, not to keep it. To keep it, yeah. So how do you? Well, you would have probably been what, eighteen when. Yeah, it was like food. Like, how do you go through? Like, I'm just gonna sell this, mate. I've had enough. Like, it's so hard and financially, like you're suffering. Yeah. And then you're getting all these top businesses. Like, mate, we'll offer you this. We'll offer you this. How did you stay strong with yourself and know that your purpose? We'll drive it and you'll get to where you want to get to, which is you'll get out the other side. Well, was, I was about 18 and a half and the business probably started to really take off. Like we had just hit probably a six figure revenue. I had no idea how to run a business, no idea how to, do, <laughs> how, to, how, to how to manage finances. And there was like money coming in very fast and money going out faster and COVID. And there was just like so much happening. But that was when it was like, my worth was still based on the business's financial success because it was like forever I'd been that young entrepreneur. And it did take me to actually like leave Perth and like change my environment, which is like my biggest probably lesson from from when you feel stuck, like change your environment, refocus, re-energize and really look at what, what your options are and pros and cons. Because like there would definitely be pros from me selling the business, but there would also be there's so many pros now of me keeping the business yeah. because of the impact that we can create. And that's probably what's kept me strong is like, especially this tour that we've had post, post like the tour in between us, people offering sell, we said no, and then we did another tour. But we had some of the most insane results that we've ever seen. And it was like, that was just a reminder of why we keep doing what we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's crazy, but. There is so much in that. Yeah. Like to unpack, but I just love well, you'd love the travel side of it. Like, do you have a set location of where you actually live? I get asked this like a you lot. Been I have I've a been suitcase home for seven months, currently so. in Brisbane, a wardrobe in Bunbury, and I'm about to have a suitcase in Sydney. Um, and I have a backpack. I'm a corporate backpacker. I, redef- redef- re- I re- redefined myself today. Because I was like, I'm not a digital nomad because I have actually have commitments in places. Yeah. Corporate backpacker. Um no, I don't have a location. <laughs> I want a location, but so how do you how do you balance that then? Like, because you said you haven't been home in seven months, so like, is it literally hotel to hotel, hostel to hostel? Yeah, plane. I've been flight, traveling like. for like eighteen months now, which has been fun and has been such a growth journey as well. And out of like developing new perspectives for people, I've been working in places I would never expect to work. I worked in a nightclub for like eight months. It was epic. I worked in a hostel, and now I'm traveling doing tours for backpackers up the east coast of australia and there's still a lot of questions like why would i do that when i have a business i'm like well to develop empathy to develop perspectives and for the first time in my life i have certainty of when i'm actually going to get paid um which i don't think many people in entrepreneurship actually talk about is how uncertain things can be Mm. and for like two years of covid and flooding it was like so worthwhile um how do i balance it i do believe i have very strong ability to build routines very fast and that is why my google calendar is my best friend um i can go into a city i know where the gym is because i've traveled like i know i know where gyg is uh, <laughs> i have my, sponsor. yeah please <laughs> 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 that's, that's why i need a job <laughs> um no but i like i know 
how to get comfortable very fast, which is a blessing, but also like also a pain as well. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, I'm I spent a month in Sydney most in August, and it was like a really productive month. I made so many networks in that month, and I was like, yeah, maybe it's time to find a place. Whether it be, I don't know, don't know where it'll be, but it's getting closer. You've yeah. you've no joke. Actually, just answered pretty much like exactly like my question that I was about to ask, or like one of the questions I was going to ask at some stage was like, um, yeah, it shows a lot in your travel and what you've been doing recently and we would love to only hear more travel side of things but how you've been able to work and grow your business and your network. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you just answer the whole thing. But, uh, well but done. Like at the same time, it's like I'm literally surrounded by 20 backpackers for six weeks at a time that come from many of them, their first languages in English, which like <clears throat> I never really thought was like, I never really had empathy for that until you work every single day with them and talk with them. At the same time, it's like you're literally giving an experience to 20 humans that is going to be memorable forever. So you you run. Yeah, it's great. So, so <laughs> yeah, so can you run me through this Kentucky tour that you're running on these guys, the backpackers? Yeah. So they've literally, a company's hired you to do your course for these guys. Well, not, it's not my course, but I'll, it's just a backpacking trip and then they get optional extra get Will as a tour guide <laughs> and I just weave everything that I know into like into that yeah not that Sick. I have like there's yeah which is epic and like so grateful for the opportunity and so grateful for travel because like and I've been like done Southeast Asia which is again I went to Bali pretty much as soon as it opened and when I was talking to the taxi man getting out of the airport he was like I had to sell my house I had to sell my car I had to sell everything just to be able to survive Meanwhile, his final sort of sentence, his final words of that sentence were, oh, well, like it was like nothing. Yeah. Whereas after spending two years in Australia where almost everything was a complaint, it was such like that perspective shift of like how lucky we are to get, whether it be JobKeeper, whether it be the government s subsidies to actually look after businesses. Well, not everyone agreed with them. They were a whole lot better than what, what any other third world country would have experienced. All right, that word, perspective. I know, like, I was wanting to ask you a question about that and um, what it actually means to you because, yeah, you've got it tattooed on your forearm. Do you want to oh, show the sorry. camera? Sorry, camera. You show Braden? <laughs> you got to look at it from different ways. <laughs> yeah, because it's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. I like that a lot. It's really hilarious watching people really like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, with, <laughs> with all the travel and, like, a lot of the... um like scenarios that you just said, what does perspective mean to you like from amongst what you've been doing? What it means for me is be able to step in someone else's shoes and have empathy from where they're coming from um, and be willing to acknowledge and understand that they have a different experience, they have a different background, they come from a different area of life and understanding that whilst... <laughs> Some people get a whole pie. Some people get fucking the crumbs of the pie. Some people get a slice of the pie in their life and like just depends on where you are and everyone's at different parts. As well as that, I think a huge sort of issue, not an issue, but like something really frustrating in like the world. One of the worst quotes in the world, I think, is everyone has the same 24 hours in the day. Mm. It's like, no, they don't. <laughs> Some people have butlers and maids and yeah. chauffeurs. Yes, it's so true, right? Like, but I want to touch on your team that you work with. Like, so you're in Bali. Like, what's your team doing while you're over there 
working? Where are they now? Where are they located? And how do you lead? Like, how do you, how are you as a leader? Yeah. I'm fully um, blessed with a team of old women and <laughs> and they are, they are literally make everything very great. Bloody hope. <laughs> Led by the most, I have two humans in Australia, Jay and Laura. Um, Laura works with schools, Jay works with our students. So then I have a few uh, contractors and facilitators who actually deliver our programs. Um, and they work very hard on ensuring that while is maintained and working, moving forward. And then I have very lucky to have the, some of the best facilitators in the world to actually be delivering programs that are creating meaningful change. Um, and whilst I was in Bali, that was a real sort of, I, I said the analogy of like running events during two years of COVID and then flooding, it was like, my brain was like a sponge and it got squish, 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 squish. And like Bali was like, let go of the sponge and let it come undone as well as that focusing on where do we go next, which is that social enterprise model. Cool. Mm. Like it. Mm, big fan. Um, so you sort of touched on there and a lot of like your programs and your keynote speaks, um, which I would like to sort of go in a bit more. What are some of the, like the main points like, that you sort of tell the audience in terms of um, developing leadership? Like yeah, mo- is most of your audience like youth? That would be, yeah. Well, yes and no. I have a keynote in two days to school business administrators which are not young people Actually, yeah. um, <laughs> and I do do quite a few teacher and entrepreneurship ones I think the biggest thing about leadership is understanding that it's very subjective I know you you've, you, works for you, yeah, hey. you've seen it probably at our events where we ask at every single start it's like what does leadership mean to you we get the young people to write it on a sticky note we begin every teacher webinar the same and we see thousands of different definitions of leadership by young people each and every day and the reason why that is actually understanding that leadership isn't only about the person at the front of the room. It's about the people on the sides. It's about the people at the back to actually be able to move something forward. You yeah. see it in every corporation. You can't run a corporation without the people at the back leading from behind or leading from the side. Yeah. So on that, what's leadership to you? Leadership. What's your definition? Yeah. Tables turned. How <laughs> 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 the turns. Uh, for me, leadership is courage and showing up even when it scares you or even when you you think it may be um it may it may cause some drama yeah like when you know it's right even though some people might not like it but you still stand up and show up yeah what does leadership mean to you (laughs) to me it's inspire and influence i guess people to live their their life to their fullest like no matter what their purpose is because i guess when you work for corporations you've got to have you work towards the one common goal. But as a leader, I feel like you've got to inspire the people you're leading to change themselves to be their best version, but also to be at service to the community and to others. Yeah, is probably nice. how I... Yeah. My turn? Yeah. yeah. Funny we actually are going over this because at the moment, like uni and one of my units, um, psychosocial aspects of sport and one of them being like part of the one of the weeks was like leadership and coaching and um i've just yeah i've just been doing my study and stuff and so like it actually has got me like thinking a lot more about it and um originally before and i probably even still remain at this at the moment it's like really leading by example so <clears throat> i mean i've like been captain of a few footy teams and stuff and always been wanting to just like and i set the example in that sporting aspect but also being a like a good role model for mm. not even younger people around me but also even like 
um, people my age and older, like, make sure, like, I'm doing the, like, right thing and setting a good, good example for um, people in the community so they too can be the best version of themselves, which is kind of touched on. Um, and then just building, also building good relationships because I feel like if you can build a good relationship within a community and, and all move in that direction together, it's... It is a bit different when some people have the idea of leadership being, oh, like, fo like everyone, like, follow me, that's going this direction, yeah, whereas, yep. like, that's kind of just being, that's an unhealthy version in a, in a way, whereas, like, yeah. let's go together. 100%. I really think, like, that leading for ex from example is the same way, like, you build trust in teams as well as, like, that consistency. Yeah. How you show up, like, even when nobody's watching, how you look after yourself, how, how you look after others. Being accountable. Yeah. Like yeah. that is what we'll build trust and and through teams, through cultures and everything. So we'll give us some, give us three or four, or if you've got more, what are your qualities of a good leader? Or what are your qualities as a leader? Because I guess if you search up on the internet, it could be this, this, and this. But everyone's different. Yeah. So what are your qualities that, as? A I think for me, I know for me, one of the biggest things is integrity you'll know that I show up the same person on this podcast as I do on my Instagram stories, as I do on LinkedIn, as I do in a human form. What you see is what you get. Um, as well as understanding and being aligned with your values at the same time. I think that's a huge part of leadership, which I like 100% haven't been for my entire life. Like There's been so many times where it's like you have to catch yourself out, which probably goes to accountability as well. Being able to actually be accountable and and ownership and responsibility because once you take responsibility for all of the good and bad things that happen in your life, you get complete freedom. I don't know whose quote that is, but it's great. Um, and I think, ooh, what's another one? Probably, I don't want to say positivity, but positivity, but not toxic. Not toxic positivity like either. Or like good optimism. Yeah, optimism, that's a better word. Um, and being aware of, being really self-aware as well. Yeah. Yeah. Can we touch on self-awareness? Go on. How do you develop your own self-awareness? Because we, we think, you, like on the podcast, it's about being yourself. but It's becoming how, more switched on. Yeah, how do you become more self-aware? I listen and to a podcast do, yeah. for for. The Upside well, podcast or switched on or? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, subscribe <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think like the biggest thing is like literally just checking in with yourself reflection reflection yeah. on like what could have I done differently what was great acknowledging what was great is also really important and acknowledging what could have been done better um, in the day-to-day -day activities or how you would have liked to show up better or differently if you had that moment again and once you reflect on that you're like, oh, okay. And then maybe a week later, checking back and being like, did I actually action that? As well, partly checking with yourself too. Ask questions to your friends. Yep. How can I show up better? I think like leading tours and backpackers is a completely different type of leadership to what I'm used to compared to leading teams and youth programs. However, that makes me a whole lot better at managing a team as well because when you're spending six weeks literally as they're almost they're the most important person for the next six weeks, it's like the amount of one-on-one -on -one conversations you actually have to have, which I was very, very uh, 
happy, I wanted to have is like crucial to be actually a successful trip and something that I implemented, which I didn't mention as one of the qualities, is I did a weekly check-in for all my humans on my tour, which like was, I think, part of leadership is being vulnerable. Yeah. And it was like, what could I do better? How can I support you better next week? What do you want more from me? And it was like, also, it was great. And it was like that vulnerability part of the completely anonymous, so like throwing out to 20 people, how do you how do you want me to show up better? Um, which is like another way of self-awareness. And also watching like them emotions when you get feedback back. Because I find it really frustrating, another quality of leadership, being able to accept feedback. Yeah. Mm. I find it really frustrating when you give feedback to someone and then they get defensive. Um, and there's that, 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 that is that initial reaction always. Like it's what humans are meant to do is get defensive, but it's like how do you untrain yourself and unwire yourself from getting defensive into that, that growth mindset that we mentioned before. Yeah. yeah you got to have that emotional regulation. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like understanding how, what you feel and when you feel it and why you feel it, I think yeah, so important. Yeah, 100%. Um, what would you say your qualities of a leader would be? For me personally, mm-hmm. um, integrity, which I love, um, is one. Empathy. Yep. Like, and man, I'm probably listening. Like being able to actually listen. I guess that comes off the feedback, but, and like building like having empathy towards what people are going through, integrity, and being able to listen to what they're saying, um, I think it's really important. I think that's how you build, like, trust. Because then they feel like they can talk to you about anything and just having good, I guess, emotional <coughs> regulation and good relationships mm. builds a good environment. Like, if you can be vulnerable, be empathetic, then your team gets trust and they can open up and they can know they can be honest, they don't lie about things. Um, and I think that builds a positive culture. Yeah, sick. Mm. I like it. You? I'd say, uh, like, you gotta say curiosity. <laughs> yeah, that's just you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> curious. Well, thank you. you. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, curiosity, um, authenticity, and courage. I reckon yeah. would be my main nice. ones. Um, yeah, just. I was also gonna say um, approachable as well, because mm. like, if you can feel like the people that that are around, you can come up to you and like. And just feel like I want to say or provide that kind of feedback. I just like I think that's a really good like yeah. quality to show. And but, like, um, oh, sorry, that's all right. But it's just like even just talking about this, it's like it is so cool just to hear about all the different qualities that like that makes you a leader, makes you a leader, mm. makes me a leader. Even though like um, we're all different leaders in our own ways, but that actually yeah, that actually reminds me of just another question before we go on to the next one. So it's like, um, do you think people are born leaders? Or can you develop leadership qualities? I think the leadership overarching without giving it a definition, of course, mm. is influence. And I think everyone has influence in their own way. Whether it be as well, you think about a child as soon as they're born, how much does it influence someone's life? Mm. Um, and that's just about harnessing that influence into something that's good, which takes the le- leadership. So are they born leaders? Yes. However, you can untrain leadership. True. Is what I think. And I, but, but I still do believe that everybody is a leader as well. It's just a leader in their own way. Yeah. yeah. And how they define leadership. Yeah. I wanna Which sometimes isn't positive. You've seen it in the world. Mm, big time. Yeah. You know, many bad leaders. Mm. I'll touch on good leaders. <laughs> I want... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But I want... You talk about podcasts. Yep. So for you, I guess, self, like, who do you listen to and who inspires you? Like, because we talked about role models before and good... So you'd obviously there'd be some good leaders that you live up to or there's podcasts that you learn about business, about leadership. Like, is there any 
Yeah. I think one of the greatest books is Simon Sinek's Infinite Game. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks really a lot about fulfillment and choosing fulfillment over success because success looks like you finish and you're like, well, who? Whereas fulfillment's a journey that people join you on. Yeah. Um, as well as that, The Big Leap is also an epic book. I don't know who it's by, but it's talking about your upper limits and how we sometimes get to a point where we could go further. However, we're scared, so we self-sabotage whether that be in personal life, business life, relationships, whatever it may be. It's like that self-sabotaging part jumps in and it actually takes that big leap. Um, but they're two very books that have really shaped a lot of thoughts in my brain and the way I think. Cool. Love that. Yeah. Um, I guess we're getting towards the end, but I just, yeah, I've been love talking about this because it's like, I think leadership is just going to only become more sought after. Um, and like, I mean, if you can, if you can incorporate any sort of more leadership from, from listening to this podcast or just even just like reflecting and, um, getting back into what really leadership looks like to you. Um, I think like for us and emerging generations, the more people that can grow or like get in tune with their sense of leadership, the more that we can tackle these I know, issues, problems, whatever you want to call them to create the change needed to sustain I mean, the world that we're sort of moving into in the tr- into the future, I think. Yeah, 100%. Like, if we need to be flexible as a generation, we need to be able to adapt to change, which yeah. I truly believe in the last two years we've been more adaptable than any other generation. <coughs> as well as that, we also need to be resilient because it, will be, it won't be nice all the time and you're going to have the ups and downs. And once you understand that and you build the resilience, it's like well, now how can I support? Because we've grown up, like our generation has grown up with so much trauma. We've seen so many wars and we've watched a climate crisis unfold mm-hmm. that from the generations that we were born into as well as the technology and the and social media and the, and the positive and negative effects of all of that as well. So how do you balance your social media life and the work life in terms of like, my TikTok usage is outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I mean, like, so you're going to have to have it for your business, right? But do you have to, like... Yeah, it's all for business. That's right. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for justifying it. Because, <laughs> like, obviously, you've got to stay with trends, right, as a business person. So, you've got to, like, this is what you've got to post as a business. You've got to do this. But then, like, how do you show your, your true self and, like, oh, like, I'm out with friends having a few drinks, but I'm a business owner. Like, I'm 20 years old. How do you, like, balance that? I think the only way to balance authenticity is by showing that as well. Because I think it's there's too many entrepreneurs out there that talk too much about how much how little sleep they have and how many emails they get and not about how much life they actually live. Yeah. Um, and I grew up in, in probably an environment where it was like, you can't have it all. And I was like, well, yes, I can. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> watch me <laughs> um so I, and I was really committed from that and I actually spoke to mum about this like probably a year ago and she was like yeah I was scared you were gonna have no friends I was like thanks <laughs> thanks mum um and but she was also probably more fearful of me not being a childhood as well or a teenagehood um where I've Tommy knows I've lived a very fun last couple of years as well as managing and, and expecting ex- managing my expectations and society's expectations of what an entrepreneur really is yeah. and it's about completely breaking that dynamic of what is expected 
and what does success look like for me compared to what society tells me to expect. So what does so success look like to you? Fulfillment. Fulfillment. Off the back of, of the, the journey. Yeah, 100%. Huge. Um, and f- for me, it has looked like travel. has looked like trying different things. It has looked like getting jobs at times. And pretty happy right now. <laughs> so what's the... You're happy, but what's the future look like? And wh- what do you want to do with... What I don't want to pronounce it wrong, Wyla. Yeah, I heard you pick it you up. So many, uh, yeah, I get so many ones. I said it differently before, eh? Wyla, why? Yeah. My brother has it, puts a H in it. I'm like, where's the H? Where's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, like, yeah, what's your future plans for that and where yeah. do you see it going? We're super excited because we do move to a social enterprise very soon. It's just a long legal and an accounting process. Um, but we just had more meetings with the accountants this week, which is good to be home to actually do. Um, and hopefully that will be by the end of the year that's the goal and what that looks like is probably very it's a very unique social enterprise model because a lot of social enterprises they either have a social uh, donation model where 100% where a percentage of profits fund go to donations or they have a direct community impact model which is what we currently have our current is like we our programs impact the community positively it's a lot of happiness cozies yeah. 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 yeah yeah and we will move to a so our model We'll have funding from schools, government, corporates, which will then <coughs> fund programs, which then have direct positive community impact. Mm-hmm. But then the profit will then have the donation model where 100% profits fund youth suicide prevention programs. Yeah, love that. Nice. Which we are so excited about um, because we have such big opportunities with that and so much room for like growth and expansion of the programs as well. So do you have partners or sponsorships? or We'll, so we'll have impact partners as our... Who we who we donate to, and who we work with to create long lasting change, um, and then we are building partnerships at the top level to be able to fund all the programs as well, um, which is fun and exciting, really exciting, because then it'll be great. It's great right now, but it'll be yeah, greater. It'll be Hopefully, better. a few more collabs. Yeah, more collabs, and just oh, I'm so excited. Woohoo! Yeah, it literally <laughs> is. It's gonna be so great. Do you have? Aspirations to go international. Yeah, we tried to go to New Zealand. We actually launched New Zealand, sold out New Zealand in 2021. That's right, I remember that. Oh, and yeah. then, here. then we weren't allowed over there. Um, so we've pulled it for the time being, and we will probably consider it post-social um, enterprise launch because we sold out. There's yeah. demand there. So they want it. Um, where do you want to go? Like, where's like, I want to go here. I want to get... I want to travel. Here. I want to travel South America next year. Right, so you got to get some conferences in South. Uh, don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to travel. Yeah, but like if I'd you probably could, uh, if you could launch the business over there, would you? Like if you could take it there. I don't know. I haven't been there yet. Yeah. Okay. yeah well, um, like, like I guess for a bit of inspiration, Jules, like his, he talks about all the time. He wants to be in New York, like yeah. twenty twenty-five or something. I want to be. I'd probably under the Will Masara brand. Yes. Youth Leadership Academy in America. Doesn't don't know how the ring goes to it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know enough about their education systems, which is what I've been like. I've been researching Europe for probably longer because there is a lot of stuff out there and there's a lot of more um, government money there. I can as see well. you on Mykonos by your tan and Mykonos. <laughs> I'm still in it up. I would Same thing in year 12. Choose places that are convenient for you. <laughs> no. Um, but probably on a more not-for-profit side, Asia yep. is a huge, huge part of where I want to go and has been forever um, because they need it. 
then we can give it. Love it. It's a very rich country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was it's a lot there, eh? Yeah. No, mm. this has been really good. It has been fun, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, I would like to quickly mention that without having my friendship with actually you, my friend, I probably wouldn't be sitting in this spot right now. Do you know that? Well, what's that again? If I didn't know Will, mm. I wouldn't be sitting here right yes, now. Yes, you would. Yes, I do know that. Yeah. Off the back of a hundred emails. <laughs> hey, not that many. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. Persistent. Follow up, follow up, follow up. I'm high. <laughs> no, because I was, at, I was at uni at the time and I was like doing a couple of these other volunteer gigs and whatnot. Like it was still good. And then I text, I text Will and was just like, mate, do you know any of the other like um, health and wellbeing places up here that I could get involved with like volunteering? And then he, he sent me um, Robbie's and Jules' email. I said, oh, sweet, mate. And yeah, so in the first couple of emails, two weeks go by, I don't hear anything and oh, just you're like, do, do I follow up? up? I'm like, yes, follow <laughs> yeah. up, always follow up. And just, well, I'm right. the worst. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, keep on going. And I think I got to about like six or seven <laughs> and, and Jules, Jules being Priya. Eventually got back to me and said, all right, mate, like, <laughs> we'll go down to Sonda for a coffee, like, we'll catch, catch up and stuff, see what you're about. And then, Jules, yeah, I think Jules was like, oh, it's actually not too it's bad. Good. I've got Will to thank for our friendship. Thanks, no, <laughs> I, he would have done it eventually. Maybe, um, why didn't, didn't you didn't want to give him a job? What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Tommy. Tom, here, here's your contact. Even in saying that, like you've you've been pretty um being good to your mates and providing like Tom Walters and Fraser some gigs along the way. Yeah, it's my fun like I always say when we do our big tours, it's one of the greatest opportunities to be able to actually take friends on the journey and like yeah. show them that probably the same reason why I love the job right now that I'm traveling backpacking is like give them an experience of like that isn't really is rare and not many people would get which was like same with me traveling by myself at first and I was like wow um but yeah always follow up I love follow-ups I don't reply to anyone I'm the world I reply <laughs> in like eight business days on a good day on <laughs> snapchat just follow up follow up follow up yeah love that persistence it's key mate it's key it is do they know you that you actually want it you know, you want to work for him. Mm. You're not just sending one email and... Yeah, I like it. Don't give up. Exactly. Yeah. Hell no. 100%. Anything, any advice you'd give to someone or anyone or is there anything else you'd like to say? I think the greatest quote is by Karen Lamb, a year from now you wish you started today. Yeah. Love you know that. what? I'm I'm so glad you keep sticking with that. Like, I, I used to. Time and time again. And it used to be... If not me, then who? If not now, then when? But then I realise you can't put all your world's problems on your shoulders. Yeah. So you say that quote, not this, the first one again? If, oh, a year from now, you wish you started today. There you go. As a lamb. It's a way <laughs> to finish. I like it. <laughs> I do really love it. Um, thank you once again. No, thank you. Good, oh. good friend, and hopefully get you on soon, next time you're in WA. So, right. so another 18 months. <laughs> in February. Well, well, who knows? Maybe by then we've got like some video um, podcast streaming thing and, and we can be over. Maybe you're over east. Yes. Yeah, Let's go switch on worldwide. We'll go worldwide. We'll come Just to the, the worldwide. worldwide. <laughs> yeah. um, no, nah, thanks, mate. I appreciate yeah, it. It's absolute pleasure. Beautiful. Boom. Good. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you once again for tuning in and we'll see you in the next one. Stay switched on. You. Thanks, guys.
This has been the Upside Podcast brought to you by Happiness Co. Head to happinessco.org for more information.